0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mayalari. I hope all of you are having a great Wednesday afternoon, and I am excited to be able to bring you another hour or so of sports over the next hour. I just uploaded my episode from yesterday, where I discussed the Celtics signing Danilo Gallinari and traded for Malcolm Brogdon. I also talked about the Red Sox' recent struggles from their big three, Rafael Devers, and Bogaerts, and J.D. Martinez. Uh, and then also, I discussed Rudy Gobert being traded to Minnesota Timberwolves along with an update on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's future with the Brooklyn Nets. So today I'm going to be taking some time to talk about some of the biggest moves in free agency so far, who signed where, who got big extensions, who is still left in the market, etc. I'm going to talk about the big stars first and then also talk about some really good role players uh, and then also break down who's still left in free agency to pick up for bench depth. After that, I'm going to talk about the Red Sox. Tonight's a big night for the Red Sox. Their top pitching prospect, Brian Bayo, will be making his MLB debut tonight. Uh, Then I will discuss Joey Chestnut winning yet again another title in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. At the end, I will talk about the biggest news in the NFL world today, uh, which is Baker Mayfield being traded to the Carolina Panthers from the Cleveland Browns for a conditional fifth-round pick. Uh, Anyway, so to start things off with the NBA... The NBA free agency uh, frenzy uh, started off very hard in day one. To start things off, Grizzlies point guard John Moran agreed to a five-year $193 million extension. That deal could get up to $231 million, um, so that deal keeps him in Memphis through the 2028 season. Uh, Previous uh, largest Grizzlies contract was point guard Mike Conley for $153 million in 2016. So this new $193 million extension that could be worth up to $231 million, as I said, completely shatters that uh, previous largest contract in Memphis history. Um, Morant's coming off a historic uh, 27.4 point per game season, 5.7 rebounds and 6.7 assists per game. Uh, He was a 2022 All-Star starter and is very well deserving of this new deal. Uh, He was a former second overall pick in the NBA draft. And really is one of the brighter stars in the NBA, Um, especially after how great of a season he had this season for Memphis. Uh, He's definitely the future of the league, and I'm excited to see him ball out even more with this new contract. Uh, He finally got his payday. He actually just gave uh, $500 to a waitress um, at a restaurant, I just saw on Twitter that he gave $500 to a waitress as a tip at a restaurant and completely made her day. So that was a really nice touch. Uh, and Chubbs is a really good kid as well. So, uh, congratulations to Ja, uh, on a big payday. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, next, Timbo Center, Colin Anthony Towns agreed to a four year, $224 million Super Mac extension to stay with Minnesota. Uh, he'll now be paired with Rudy Gobert, uh, which I talked about in my episode yesterday that I just uploaded today. Um, Conway Towns has average double-digit rebounds per game in six of his seven years in the NBA uh, was just out of 10, point, uh, 10 rebounds per game uh, this last season, at 9.8 rebounds um, a game on average. Um, he's coming off a 24.6 point per game uh, season, which is 11th in the NBA uh, in scoring per game average, 9.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists per game. And then also one steal per game, 1.1 blocks per game, 41% shooting from three, 52.9% shooting from the floor, which was 16th in the NBA. He was 8th in the NBA with 642 field goals made, 9th in the NBA in points scored with uh, 1,818 points. He was 10th in the NBA in total rebounds this past season with 727 rebounds. Uh, So all of this proves uh, how good of a player Kyle Towns is. I think he's Gets criticized um, a ton. I think I'm a very a very big fan of him. So in my opinion, I see him as a very underrated star. But I know a lot of people uh, aren't too big of fans of him. But at the end of the day, I don't think many people would know this. And I just found this in my research, as I said, in my episode that I recorded yesterday. Um, I did a ton of research from last episode and then this episode as well uh, to prove how great some of these players are that get a lot of criticism, which I did Russell Westbrook four episodes ago, probably now. Uh, and then I talked about Rudy Gobert in my episode yesterday. And then today's one, I'm going to talk about Connolly Towns a little bit. Not many people would know this, if any would, but Connolly Towns is sixth among active players in the NBA with a career 119.51 offensive rating. So it just shows how effective he is on the offensive uh, end. And I know his defense isn't that elite, it isn't great. But it's getting better at least. I think now with Rudy Gobert with him, I think he's going to become even better. I think he's going to improve heavily on the defensive end. I'm excited to see him and Gobert be probably the best front court duo in the NBA. I don't know if there's going to be any other ones that are going to even be close. I don't think anyone can really even compete on their defensive end, uh, defensive rebounding end, or the offensive rebounding against these two guys. Two of the best rebounds in the NBA on, on the same team. It's going to be a scary sight. kind of brings me back to the Greg Monroe and Andre Drummond days in Detroit when they were just absolutely bodying teams on the board. Just absolutely dominating on the on the glass, and that's what I think Conley, Towns, and Gobert are going to do now in Minnesota. I like this duo a lot. I think both of them are very underrated, especially considering how much criticism they get. I think it's unwarranted. I think they're both great players. Um, I think they're only going to become better this year too. So the next player I'm going to talk about is Suns shooting guard Devin Booker, who also agreed to a supermax extension uh, worth 224 million over the next four seasons. Uh, He's coming off a career-best 26.8 point per game uh, average, which was 8th in the NBA, and a career-best 5 rebounds per game as well. He had a career-high in 3-point percentage, 38.3% from 3, and a career-best 1.1 steals per game. So he had career highs in 4 categories, that is, points per game, rebounds per game, 3-point percentage, and then also steals per game. Uh, Then you look at over his career, he's a 3-time All-Star, 2022 first-team All-NBA selection, he was third in the NBA in points scored in the 2019-2020 season with 1,863 points scored. And then also he's second in that same season, 2019-2020 season, in the NBA uh, with a 91.9% free throw uh, percentage. So very good player. Uh, he was a big reason they made to the NBA Finals in the 2021 season. Uh, and I'm sure our Phoenix fans are very excited about having him locked up uh, for four extra years added on uh, with that Supermax extension Uh, So he'll be uh, a Phoenix Sun now uh, for more years to come. So I'm sure they're excited. And to be specific, he will be a Phoenix Sun now through the 2027-2028 NBA season. So four extra years added on to the two years he already had left on his current deal. So uh, he'll be a Phoenix Sun uh, for the next six years at least, uh, which I'm sure a lot of Phoenix fans are very excited about, especially with how well he's been playing over the last three or four seasons now. Uh, The next player I'm going to talk about is Nuggets Center. Uh, Nikola Jokic signed the largest contract in the NBA, uh, in, in NBA history. That is five years, 270 million, uh, coming off a career best 27.1 uh, points per game, which was sixth in the NBA, 13.8 point rebounds per game, which is a career best as well. And was second in the NBA 7.9 assists per game, which was eighth in the NBA 1.5 steals per game, which was also a career best 0.9 blocks per game, which was also a career best Uh, And then he was also number one in the NBA total rebounds with 1,019 rebounds. He was 10th in the NBA with 109 steals. The two-time MVP, who's been MVP now each of the last two seasons, uh, such a prolific and dynamic player. And I think everyone knows when you watch him play, he can do everything in the offensive end and defensive end in transition. He can help you on uh, the the playmaking side. He can help you on the scoring side. He can help you with the rebounding side, the steals side, the defensive side, getting the passing lanes. He can do everything. Four-time All-Star selection as well. Two-time starter in each of the last two seasons. Uh, and as I said, he can do everything out there, uh, which is proven heavily uh, by this, this statistic that I'm going to say right now that I found, again, in my research, was that Jokic was number one in the NBA this past season with 15.2 win shares, And was also number one in the NBA with 19 triple-doubles. He can really do everything. He can help you playmaking-wise, scoring-wise, defensively, getting in the passing lanes, shot blocking, rim protection. Covering the paint, scoring in the paint, posting up—he can help you in every single aspect of the game. Nikola Jokic is one of a kind, and that's a reason he got that huge payday: 270 million over five years, which is good enough at 54 million a year—the largest contract in NBA history—and rightfully so, uh, very deserving of it with how well he's been playing over the last uh, three seasons. Now, two straight MVP awards, two straight years being an MVP, uh, as I said in the NBA, but then also two straight years being uh, an All-Star starter. And also is a four-time All-Star selection, uh, coming off career best in points per game, rebounds per game, uh, steals per game, blocks per game. Uh, and was also in the NBA uh, leaderboard in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, in the top 10 in each of those. Sixth in points per game, second in rebounds per game, and eighth in assists per game. So very deserving of it. Uh, he's also 10th in the NBA uh, in steals, uh, total steals on 109. So it just shows how dynamic of a player he is and how we can do everything that you need, especially considering the fact he's a two-time MVP and is a center and he can help you in every aspect of the game. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he's very deserving of that new contract of $54 million a year. And that contract will keep him in Denver now through the 2027, 2028 NBA season. So similar, similar to Devin Booker, they'll both be free agents uh, in the 2028 offseason. So, Huge contract addition for him, uh, getting just about $54 million a year uh, and won't be a free agent until 2028. So uh, he really got a payday. He was already making $32 million this past season, now gets an even bigger payday at $54 million uh, just about on average per year. I mean, the first three years of that deal – the 2023, 2024, and 2025 NBA seasons, uh, he'll be getting 46, 50, and 53 million. Uh, it really just goes up every single year by four million. So it goes from 46 to 50 to 53 to 57 to 61 uh, each year for yearly cash uh, according to his cap hit on spot track. So he'll be making more and more money every single year, and as I said, rightfully so. The next player we're gonna talk about is Wizards shooting god, Bradley Bill signed a huge extension uh with the Washington Wizards, five years, 251 million. He only played 40 games this past season. He was battling injuries, uh, but he still averaged uh, 23.2 points per game, even battling a torn ligament in his wrist. Uh, Wasn't the same exact player uh, that he was uh, two seasons ago now in the 2019-2020 season. He averaged 30.5 points per game and then 31.3 points per game in the 2020-2021 NBA season. Uh, So in the two seasons prior to this last one, 30.5 points per game and 31.3 points per game. Uh, Did go down a little bit this year, obviously being uh, 23.2 points per game on average. But as I said, battled that torn ligament in his wrist. And even with that torn ligament, he did have a uh, career-high 6.6 assists per game this past season. So he became a lot uh, more of a playmaker. He was was always a great scorer, and he became even more of a playmaker this past season, uh, looking for the open guy and trying to dish uh, assists to his teammates. Um, only playing 40 games, I said, so he missed more than half the season, uh, but still ends up getting a huge payday, five five years, $251 million, uh, so just about $50 million per year. Um, part of his deal is a no-trade clause, uh, which allows Bale to have the power of uh, giving consent before he's traded to a different team. If he were to be traded, he could say if he wants to go or not. And according to ESPN NBA insider Bobby Mux, Bale is the 10th player in NBA history to have a no-trade clause, and he's currently the only player in the NBA Uh, with one right now. Um, And Mux also explained uh, that the eligibility for it is that a player must have eight years of experience in the NBA, along with four years with the team he is signing the deal with. So Bradley Bale qualified for it and then made it part of his contract, his new contract, with the Washington Wizards. Uh, People talk about how loyal he is to that Wizards team, and rightfully so. He very much is loyal, staying there. Um, Obviously, some guys could leave and try to go win a ring, but I guess he's committed to Washington, and also he's getting a payday too at the same time, so it's not like he's getting off easy, but he is getting a heavy payday and also giving up the chance to win somewhere else, as I'm sure all 29 other teams in the NBA would love to have him. Uh, So those five guys, between Morant, Bill, Jokic, Talented Booker, the five guys I mentioned now, the five biggest names that so far signed extensions uh, or signed deals in this NBA offseason, signed for a combined $1.1 billion in the first day of... Free agency in the NBA. Absolutely ridiculous. Five guys for a combined $1.1 billion. And that's why I talked about those five guys first uh, the five biggest names, obviously, and then also $1.1 billion uh, all together, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, the next guy I'm going to talk about, both shooting god Zach Levine, agreed to stay in Chicago in a five year, $250 million extension. In his five seasons with the Bulls, he has averaged 24.4 points per game. 4.7 rebounds, 4.4 assists, uh, 46.8 shooting from the floor, and 38.9% shooting from three. The two-time All-Star will now be tied to the Chicago Bulls through the 2026-2027 NBA season, so he won't be a free agent, an unrestricted free agent, that is, until the 2027 offseason. He does have a player option in the 2026-2027 uh, season, so we could technically opt out and be a free agent in the 2026 offseason, uh, but as of now, it seems like he will be a Chicago Bull. Through his age 31 season, Uh, so it's a great pickup for the Chicago Bulls team to keep him locked up uh, for another four years, um, especially with the money he's getting. uh, Five years, that is, not four years, but an extra five years onto that deal. Uh, $215 million, uh, and as I said, in his five years on the Bulls, he was their best player, averaging over 24 points per game uh, to go along with 46% shooting from floor and 39% from three. So very good play, and that's such a great extension for them, uh, especially considering how good he has been uh, as a Chicago Bull. Uh, he's now making you know, around $43 million per year, so it's not like they paid nothing to keep him around. They gave him a lot of money, $43 million per year, but to keep him a Chicago Bull through his age 31 season, that's a great pickup for them, uh, and I'm sure Chicago fans are very excited about that. Uh, so a couple other things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about two or three other – uh, signings within the NBA. Um, and then I'll also, uh, give you guys another update probably tomorrow. Um, just because I want to talk about, uh, Brian Bayo a lot in this episode, that's, that was supposed to be the primary thing. I'll talk more about the NBA free agency, uh, hopefully an episode tomorrow. Uh, but, uh, a couple other things, uh, clip his backup center, Isaiah Hottenstein signed a two year, $16 million deal with the New York Knicks. Uh, he really revitalized his career and sparked heavy interest, uh, in free agency this year as a result. He played very well this past season for the Clippers off the bench, averaging 8.3 points per game, 4.9 rebounds per game, 2.4 assists, and 1.1 blocks. He shot 14 of 30 from three this past season, really started developing an outside shot, especially uh, towards the end, and will only get more confident, I'm sure, the more he shoots. Uh, He had a 46.7% shooting percentage from three. Uh, and Before last season in L.A., he was a career 4 for 17 three-point shooter at 23.5% from three. So he shot 17 threes in his career before. This season, L.A., he shot 30 this year and hit 14 of them. So uh, he started developing an outside shot, and I'm sure he's going to become even better in New York uh, the more he shoots. Uh, he talked about going back to the Clippers, but the Clippers just didn't have enough money to give him, uh, especially considering he got $8 million a year. The Clippers could only give him around 2 or $3 million for this upcoming season. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to do big things in New York, and him just wanting to go back, his desire just to want to return to that L.A. Clippers team and potentially turn down more money, shows that this Clippers team really has built a winning culture and it just shows how great of a coach Tyron Lue is and how great of a family that Clippers team has. If guys want to potentially give up making $8 million per year when they haven't been paid yet, Isaiah Hansen hasn't got paid in his career really at all, he would potentially give up, he thought about potentially giving up an $8 million per year deal to stay in LA. It just shows how great of a coach Tyron Lue is and that Clippers team really has a great chemistry. So the next signing I want to talk about is another LA Clipper free agent, Nick Batum. He re-signed with the Clippers for an $11 million uh, per year average, two years, $22 million. Uh, In his two years with the LA Clippers, he has averaged 8.2 points per game, four and a half rebounds, two assists, one steal, and 0.6 blocks. To go along with 40.2% shooting from three uh, this past season. Uh, He started 54, 59 games this past year. But I'd imagine he goes back to playing uh, off the bench with the return of Kawhi Leonard. Batum's now 33 years old we uh, will be 34 years old right around uh, the one-month, two-month mark of the NBA season. Uh, he turned 34 in December. So him coming off the bench uh, won't be the worst thing, especially with him playing 14 years in the NBA. I mean, he's, he's had such a great career, and he's had success coming off the bench and being in the starting lineup. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be fine uh, with either one. Uh, and one big thing about him is how great he is of a three-point shooter. Um, his two years, as I said, in L.A., I said this maybe in my – episode five or six when I was talking about uh, the L.A. Clippers free agents. Uh, His two years with the L.A. Clippers are his second and third best three-point field goal percentages uh, of his NBA career. Um, So he really revitalized his career and found a role in L.A. So I'm not surprised with him returning, even though a ton of teams wanted him, the Celtics, Heat, Sixers, Lakers. uh, A lot of contenders wanted him, but he decided to return to L.A., uh, which is his home, especially considering uh, the Clippers really brought him in uh, two years ago now, when his career really could have been over, similar to Reggie Jackson. Both of their careers probably were going downhill. They probably thought this was the tail end, and then they revitalized completely in L.A., and that just shows how great of a coach Tyrone Liu is and that culture that he's built. The L.A. Clippers really are a great foundation for taking guys in that are at the tail end of their career and then getting everything they can out of them and then revitalizing them. And I think that's what John Wall's going to do. I'm going to talk about John Wall again in a second, but I think that's what John Wall's going to be able to do in this Clippers team. Speaking of John Wall, his deal became official. He signed a two-year, $13 million deal with the Clippers, the taxpayer mid-level exception. Uh, He has not played an NBA game since April 23rd of 2021. Uh, His injury history is crazy. He had surgeries on both of his knees in 2016. He had bone spurs in his left heel in 2019, uh, torn Achilles in his left foot in 2019 as well. Um, So he hasn't really played much over the last four years. Um, He signed a four-year, $170 million contract uh, in 2019. In year one of it, he did not play a single game. He earned $38.3 million. He earned $41.3 million in year two, playing just 40 games for the Houston Rockets. In year three, he played zero games, getting $44.3 million. And then year four technically would have been this season, uh, and he played no games for the Houston Rockets for this upcoming season, obviously since he was bought out. But he took $40.9 million Of his $46 million he was owed this upcoming season um, from Houston after a $6.5 million payout. So all in all, in three years in Houston, he made $164.8 million and played only a total of 40 games, which is absolutely nuts. In the 2020-2021 NBA season, he did play 40 games for the Houston Rockets, uh, coming off an Achilles injury and had a very good season. Average 20.6 points per game, 3.2 rebounds, 7 assists, which is great. Still a great playmaker. 40% shooting from the floor, 32% shooting from three, 1.1 steals per game, and 1 block per game. Uh, I'm not sure who will stop between him and Reggie Jackson, uh, but the Clippers desperately need another point guard, and they made it happen. Uh, And with the addition of John Wall, whether it's him coming off the bench or Reggie Jackson, once again, the Clippers bench that is already the most stacked bench in the NBA. The Clippers have the most depth in the NBA, and it's not even close. Adding John Wall to that team means Reggie Jackson or John Wall are going to be coming off the bench. Your bench automatically is better than it was. And that's hard to do since the Clippers bench has been the best in the NBA uh, over the last season and will be this upcoming season as well. Uh, So I'm excited to see who will start between those two guys. Uh, If I had to pick right now, I'd say it's Reggie Jackson and John Wall will come off the bench. uh, But who knows? I mean, it's up to Tyrone Blue. Uh, Another guy the Clippers signed, uh, another free agent of theirs, Amir Coffey returned to the Clippers for a three-year $11 million deal. Uh, Another great bench piece um, in weapon for Tyrone Lewis Clippers, Uh, he was a star in the G League uh, for the Clippers, averaging 14.8 points per game in the 2019-2020 G League season, uh, shooting 40% from three. Uh, He had a 48.3% field goal percentage in 16 games uh, in the 2019-2020 season. Then in the 2020-2021 G League season, he averaged 18.4 points per game, Uh, and with the Clippers' injuries this year, uh, he got a chance a bigger chance he did the last couple years before this one. And it was phenomenal averaging nine points per game, 2.9 rebounds, 37.8% shooting from three, 45.3% shooting from the field. And was an 86.3% free throw shooter. Even started a good amount of games towards the end of the season for that Clippers team. So, uh, such a great addition, bringing him back to that Clippers bench, uh, And I'm sure Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they're very excited about since they have a guy that can come off the bench at any point at any time that has starting experience like Nick Batum and can relieve them of their duties and give them a a break. Especially now with that Clippers team getting older, obviously Kawhi Leonard Paul George being uh, injury-plagued players over the last few years, they have to take nights off to be able to rest. And this Clippers team can afford that. Now they have such a good lineup when everyone's healthy. It's such a good team off their bench that they can even sit guys in the starting line. Kawhi Leonard could sit a game or two a week, and same thing with Paul George because of how good that bench is. They'll be able to survive without them, and as long as they're healthy by the playoffs, I don't think anyone's going to beat that Clippers team. That Clippers team could survive without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard one, one or two games a week because how deep that bench is. You have Terrence Mann, Luke Kanata, Amir Coffey, Marcus Morris, Norman Power, Robert Covington, Avita Zubats, Reggie Jackson, John Wall, They could survive a couple games without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard every night or so, every other night or so, which I'm not saying I want those guys to sit out, but if they want a night or or, or a week to rest, I'm fine with that. As long as those two guys are healthy by the playoffs, this Clippers team is by far the best team in the NBA in my eyes, and I don't think there's anyone that's close. And, of course, that has to do with injuries. When they're healthy, I think they're the best team in the NBA, and I don't think it's close. Obviously, if injuries happen, it's a different circumstance, but I think they're the best team in the NBA from top to bottom, and I don't think that's... Deny, I don't think you can deny that. I don't think you can deny how deep of a team they have. They The deepest team in the NBA, and I don't even think you can argue against that. Anyways, now I going to move on to another player, uh, Joseph Nurkic. Trailblazers center was a free agent. He re-signed with the point. Trailblazers, four years, $70 million. In 56 games this year, he averaged 15 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game, which was career high, also was ninth in the NBA, 2.8 assists per game, 53.5% shooting from the floor. Uh, he only played 45 games uh, in the previous two seasons heading into this last one, so the 2019-2020 season and the 2020-2021 season. He only played 45 games combined in the previous two seasons. Uh, he had a broken leg and a fractured wrist. Both those injuries caused him to miss a ton of games, uh, but now he's going to be back for them, four-year deal uh, to help them in the in the paint. Then you look at the Blazers also signing uh, Anthony Simmons, who was also a free agent of theirs, uh, to a new deal, four years, $100 million to stay in Portland. He averaged 17.3 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 45, 40.5% shooting from three, and was an 88% free throw shooter this past season. Uh, he started in 27 games uh, after Damian Lillard got hurt. Damian Lillard went down with an injury, a season-ending abdominal injury, uh, and after that, he really started. Anthony Simmons started just about uh, every game he played and started in the last 27 games that uh, he played in, so... Became a key player on that uh, point team when when Damian Lillard was out, uh, and in that stretch he was terrific uh, for the Blazers. Um, they also traded C.J. McCollum in, in in February, so Anthony Simmons was really all they had offensively. And if you look at it over the course of that stretch, the last 27 games of the season, he averaged 23.4 points, uh, 23.4 points per game, 2.7 rebounds, 5.8 assists, 45.6 percent shooting, at 42.3 percent shooting from three. He did suffer a patella tendon injury in March and uh, missed the rest of the NBA season, uh, but he still got a great payday at $25 million per year, uh, and I'm sure he'll be even better this year with Damian Lillard being back. That starting lineup is going to be a lot better than it was. Uh, so next, Zion Williamson, 2019 former first overall pick, uh, sent a five-year $193 million rookie max extension uh, to stay with the New Orleans Pelicans for an extra five years, adding on to the deal we already had. Uh, He's only played 85 games in his NBA career, uh, but just secured a $193 million payday, uh, guaranteed. He averaged 27 points per game in the 2020-2021 NBA season, uh, shooting 61.1% from the floor. He did struggle shooting from three, though, in that season at 29.4% uh, from the three-point line. Compare that to his rookie year, he shot 42.3%. Uh, 42.9%, excuse me, from three, uh, but it was just 29.4% uh, in that next season. Uh, he missed all of last season with a foot injury, but still got a huge payday at $193 million. Uh, so a lot of these guys I've mentioned to you, Bradley Beal, Zion Williamson, Anthony Simmons, guys that are coming off injuries that are still getting paid because how good of a player they are when they are healthy. Uh, so Zion Williamson uh, got his payday. Another guy that got a payday, Knicks center, Mitchell Robinson, re-signed with the Knicks, uh, four years, $60 million, uh, to stay in New York. Second, uh, second in the NBA in block percentage this past season, blocking 7.1% uh, percent of opponent two-point field goal attempts when he was on the floor. He averaged 8.5 uh, points per game, 8.6 rebounds per game, which is a career-high 1.8 blocks per game, and also had a career-high 76.1% shooting from the floor. He was 4th in the NBA with 133 blocks, 2nd in the NBA with 295 offensive rebounds, was 13th in the NBA with 8.5 win shares, so it shows how important of a player he is when he is healthy and when he's on the floor. Uh, He was a great anchor for that Knicks team, and obviously locking him up for an extra four years now, uh, he was a free agent, could have gone anywhere, locking him up for an extra four years shows uh, he wanted to go back to New York. Uh, and he's only making $15 million a year. I'm sure he could have gotten maybe 18 to $20, uh, especially considering how important of a player he is, 13th in the NBA with eight and a half winches this past season. It shows how much an anchor he is and how important and how much of an impact he has when he is on the floor for that Knicks team, especially on the rebounding, uh, on the glass, and defensively as being a rim protector uh, with 1.8 blocks per game. And then also offensively, I mean, only averaged 8.5 points per game, but was very efficient shooting, 76.1% from the floor. Uh, had a very good year. So uh, not a bad pickup for the Knicks. Uh, Another pickup for the Knicks, Mavs free agent point guard Jalen Brunson officially signed a four-year $104 million deal with the New York Knicks. Brunson started the last 55 games he appeared in for the Mavericks last season, averaging 17.1 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 39.2% shooting from three, 86.9% shooting from the free throw line, and 50.6% shooting from the floor. Over that stretch of 55 games that he appeared in in the last 55, as I said, Uh, overall in the 79 games he appeared in last season, he averaged 16.3 points per game of 50.2% shooting from the floor and 37.3% shooting uh, from three. Uh, So... He was a heavily uh, recruited and pursued play by that Knicks team. They even made multiple trades on draft night, including draft night trades to dump salaries like every once in a Kemba Walker, in order to free up cap space to recruit him to New York. Uh, but he's going to really help out this Knicks team shooting wise. I said 50.2% shooting from the floor and 37.3% shooting from three this past season, both of which the Knicks could use, um, and also 16.3 points per game, an extra score, uh, a score that team needed. Uh, he's a playmaker as well, so. Uh, very good pickup for that next team, uh, and I think he'll fit in well uh, in New York. So, speaking of New York basketball teams, now I'm going to talk about the other one the Brooklyn Nets. Re signed Nick Claxton to a two year, $20 million deal. 8.7 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 67.4% uh, field goal percentages past season, which all of them were career best. In points per game, rebounds per game, and field goal percentage. He also improves his free throw percentage to 58.1%. I'm not sure how this team will look uh, for Brooklyn next year with who knows if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are coming back. Uh, But we do know Nick Claxton and Royce O'Neal, who I talked about uh, already with them acquiring, uh, will be a big part of their front court, uh, even if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't there. Um, Another pickup for the Nets, uh, they also signed uh, God T.J. Warren. Uh, He's famous for his performance in the 2020 NBA bubble. Uh, In his first three bubble games, he had the NBA Worlds completely on notice. All of social media, everyone was talking about him. In those three first uh, bubble games, he averaged 39.7 points per game, off 65.2% shooting from the floor, to go along with 5.7 rebounds per game, 3.3 assists, 2.3 blocks, and 2 steals. He was all over the place in the offensive end, defensive end, hitting threes, shooting 65% from the floor, averaging 40 points per game with 2.3 blocks and 2 steals. He was just doing everything in that bubble, and he really was the most talked about player in all of the bubble for the first week. Um, He was first team all league in the bubble as well. Um, Very steady and careful uh, with the ball. He was fifth in the NBA uh, in the 2016-2017 NBA season uh, with a 6.1% turnover percentage per 100 plays. Uh, He was fourth in the NBA in turnover percentage in the 2017-2018 season with a uh, 6.7% turnover percentage. Uh, And then was sixth in the NBA in the 2019-2020 season with a 7.2% turnover rate um, so he rates very high in the turnover percentage uh, every single year it shows how careful he is with the ball and how good of a player is when he is on the court I mean he can score and he also is very careful and that's what that Nets team especially needs if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are gone they need another player that could score and that also take care of the ball and he wouldn't be a bad pickup uh, for any team, so the Nets picking him up, that's not a bad day at all uh, for the Brooklyn Nets GM uh, signing him. Uh, he has not played an NBA game since December 29, 2020. Uh, he's only played in four games uh, since the 2020-2021 NBA season. He played four games in that year. He missed all 68 uh, of the other games that year and then missed all of the 2021-2022 NBA season uh, with surgery on his left foot. Uh, to hit a stress fracture. I'm sure he's going to take it easy and probably take some days off uh, within the NBA season, but he'll definitely help Brooklyn off the bench. Uh, He's a career 15.5 point per game scorer, 35.7% shooting from three, and 50.7% shooting from the floor. Uh, So a very good player when he is healthy, and very effective scorer uh, and shooter from three. So not a bad pickup for the Brooklyn Nets at all. And I'm sure he had other suitors, uh, considering how good a player is when he is healthy. He's one of the better role players in the NBA, um, even though he doesn't get talked to uh, enough uh, about besides that bubble, he doesn't get talked enough about. So maybe now he'll be able to stay healthy in Brooklyn, uh, and get back in the news for how good of a player he is. Who knows if he'll go on another 39.7 point per game run. Uh, but that was one of the most exciting, uh, times in NBA history in the last, you know, three years, in my opinion, was that bubble run he had. Uh, it was just absolutely ridiculous watching him play. He was absolutely automatic out there. It was absolutely ridiculous. So now I'm going to transition to the Red Sox. I'm going to save some of the free agency news for the NBA for an episode I'm going to do tomorrow. Uh, but the Red Sox, the biggest news, uh, Sox pitching prospect Brian Bayo will be making his MLB debut tonight uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays. 23-year-old right-handed pitcher from the DR. He's a number 75 overall prospect on MLB.com. He's a Sox fourth-best prospect and number 1 Sox pitching prospect. Uh, he's a 2021 Minor League Starting Pitcher of the Year for the Red Sox. In uh, his eight starts this year for the Worcester Red Sox, he's 6 and 2 with a 281 ERA, 72 strikeouts to 21 walks, 16 earned runs, and 51.1 innings pitched. In six starts this CF for AA Portland, he was 4 and 2 with a 1 6 ERA, 42 strikeouts to 12 walks, and 6 earned runs in 33.2 innings. He was absolutely dominant. Uh, combined between AA Portland and AAA Worcester, he has a 10 4 record with a 2.33 3 ERA, 114 strikeouts to 33 walks. 22 earned runs at 55 hits allowed at 85 innings pitched. He has a 1.035 WHIP over that stretch uh, between Double A Portland and Triple A Worcester. Uh, and one thing about him is how great of a fastball he has. His fastball currently sits in the 96-98 range. Uh, he tops at 99, probably get to 100. Uh, he has a great changeup with depth, stays in the upper 80s, around 87-88. That um, also has a very good slider as well that stays low to mid to 80s. Um, and one interesting thing that I found out was that his 100th pitch and a June 26th start was 97 miles an hour. So he has a stamina to stay in all seven, all eight innings uh, that a manager would need him to stay in, especially a team like the Red Sox. They don't have a great bullpen, uh, so every single inning they can crunch out of a starting pitcher is very key and very important. And now they even bolster their rotation even more. I know they've had injuries with Chris Hill and Nate Evaldi being hurt. Garrett Whitlock became a starter and now is hurt, probably back to the bullpen. They're saying once he is back – Rich Hill being hurt now. The Red Sox really had much help in their standard rotation health-wise. Uh, so now adding another pitcher, especially to this caliber, Brian Bayo is a huge addition to this Red Sox team. Uh, I'm very excited to see him pitch tonight. Uh, I think he'll be very good. Uh, I think he has a great future in the MLB with the Red Sox, especially considering how great his highlights are and how filthy his pitches are. Uh, I'm very excited to see him in a Red Sox uniform uh, in tonight's game. So now to update you guys on how the Red Sox played last night against the Tampa Bay Rays, Uh, Nick Pavetta got lit up uh, in 5.2 innings, allowed eight hits and seven earned runs, had four strikeouts and two walks. He made a season ERA rise from 3.23 to 3.68. But before last night, he allowed two or fewer runs in nine of his last 11 starts um, heading into last night's game. So he's very good um, in nine of his last 11 games. Uh, And before last night, over that 11-game stretch, He was 8-1 with a 195 ERA, 70 strikeouts to 19 walks, and 16 runs allowed in 74 uh, 74 innings pitched uh, with a 189 opponent batting average. So he's very dominant over that 11-game stretch. As I said, 195 ERA, 189 opponent batting average, uh, and was also 8-1 and, uh, and struck out 70 guys in 74 innings. So he was very good, and so I guess he was due uh, for a bad game, and last night just wasn't it for that Red Sox team. Uh, but heading into last night, the Sox won four straight Nick pavetta stats, so that's really impressive. Um, J.D. Martinez had a great game last night. I did talk about it in my episode yesterday of how much he was struggling, uh, but he had a very good game for the Red Sox last night, uh, going 3-5. He did strike out twice, did score a run, though, and had two doubles. Another player I was talking about was Bogots and how much he was struggling at the plate. He was 1-3 of three last night with a two-run home run, his first home run since June 3rd. He also had three RBIs in a run scored. He had his first RBI since June 16th last night, so it's very good to see him. At least start to get going, even if it's just one hit. It was only one home run. Uh, I'm sure it will give him more confidence now. And hopefully he plays better now uh, for the next two weeks since the Red Sox have a really tough stretch uh, playing the Tampa Bay Rays and New York Yankees for 14 of the next 14 games, uh, heading into the All-Star break. Uh, Trevor Story hit his 14th home run last night. He was one of five or three strikeouts, though, but uh, his power numbers are there. 14 home runs. The Sox are 2 of 12 uh, with runners in scoring position and left 11 runners on base. Uh, tonight is a rubber match uh, for the Red Sox with Bayo making his long-awaited debut. It's 1-1 one one, uh, in the series with Tampa Bay. So if the Sox can win tonight, it'll get them back on track heavily and hopefully give them a lot of luck going into tomorrow night's uh, starting of the series with the New York Yankees. The series opener is tomorrow uh, in Boston. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk about is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. The competition returned to the outdoors for the first time at Coney Island since 2019. And that's because of the pandemic, the last two years, 2020 and 2021, those contests were both uh, not a Coney Island outside uh, and open to the fans, unfortunately. But this last uh, one yesterday, uh, two days ago now, excuse me, uh, they had 35,000 fans there. A lot of fans are there very excited. Uh, got to see Joey Chestnut earn his seventh title in a row now, his 15th title out of 16 years. Um, He even put a protester in a chokehold and tackled him mid-contest. Still ended up putting down 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Uh, It was his fewest amount since 2015, uh, but he still averaged 6.3 hot dogs per minute. Uh, And one thing that I found out was that only two competitors in the history of the contest have reached 63 hot dogs besides Joey Chestnut. And even though that was his lowest one since 2015, only two other people in the history of the contest have reached 63. So that's absolutely ridiculous. shows how dominant he is. Um, He had 41 hot dogs at the halfway point with five minutes to go. Uh, At that rate, he was averaging 8.2 hot dogs per minute. Um, Chestnut did reach um, 70 hot dogs in all of the six previous contests heading into this one um, this year. Um, He had 71, 75, and 76, respectively, in his last three years. Uh, but he only ended up getting 63 this year, but hey, it was still enough to win. Still ended up winning $10,000 for coming in first place. Uh, and One guy I want to talk about is J- Jeffrey Espa of Auction, Massachusetts. Uh, he's a school teacher. Um, he came in second place putting down 47.5 hot dogs. He won $5,000 uh, for coming in second, consuming over 12,500 uh, calories in the process. Uh, he did come in fourth place in the 2018 one, ended up coming in second now, so he improved his position. Um, his previous record was 51, so he did come three-and-a-half hot dogs and buns short of that, uh, but still very impressive coming in second with 47-and-a-half hot dogs. Espar um, was second uh, to Joey Chestnut, as I said. He was also next to Joey Chestnut, positioned next to him during the hot dog game contest, uh, but supposedly he didn't notice the protest until Joey Chestnut uh, bumped into him since Es Bar eats with his eyes closed. So really interesting uh that uh, he didn't notice the protest next to him until he was bumped into, but he still ended up putting down 47 and a half hot dogs. Chestnut still put down sixty three hot dogs, so both those guys still had very good days, even considering there was a distraction in the middle of it. Uh Espar ended up coming at second, which was the highest he's ever come. And then Chestnut still won first place. So even though there was a protest uh, they still both had very good days, um, obviously not reaching their career highs, uh, but still coming in first and second. Uh, it's still impressive to be in second place being a school teacher from Oxford, Massachusetts. Uh, very cool that Massachusetts uh, was represented very well on that stage. So congratulations to Espa um, on a great day, putting on 47 and a half hot dogs and buns and coming in second place. So the last thing I want to talk about is Bacon Mayfield. He was traded today from the Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional 2024 fifth round pick, uh, which e- could end up turning into a fourth round pick depending on playing time. Uh, if he p- ends up playing 70% of snaps um, this upcoming season, we end up becoming a fourth round pick. Uh, but Baker Mayfield gets the fresh new start that he's wanted and uh, will now compete with Sam Donald for the starting job. Uh, he was. They were both the first and third uh, picks in the NFL draft in the 2018 draft. Um, After the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, it was inevitable that Baker Mayfield's time as a Cleveland Brown uh, was going to be over. But uh, now the Browns will be paying Baker Mayfield still $10.5 million on their cap hit this season. Uh, They still end up saving, though, $8 million um, since the Cleveland uh, Browns, I said, picking up $10.5 million. But the Carolina Panthers will be paying $5 million of Baker's salary for this upcoming season. Uh, And then Baker Mayfield took a $3.5 million pay cut off his base salary in order to make the deal happen. So the Browns still end up saving about $8 million in the process. Um, And now Baker Mayfield goes to the Carolina Panthers, where he's going to duke it out with Sam Donaldson, the first pick and the third pick of the 2018 NFL Draft are going to be duking it out for the starting job, which is really interesting. Um, it will be fun to watch in training camp. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, his stats as a Brown: at uh, 59 career starts, 29 and 30 record, 92 touchdowns to 56 interceptions, had a 61.6% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns to 14 picks uh, per season on average as a Brown. He led the Browns to their first uh, playoff berth in 18 years in the 2020 season. The last time the Browns were in the playoffs was 2002, and he ended up getting them back uh, in 2020, so their first time in 18 seasons. He also led the Browns to their first playoff win uh, in 2020 since 1994. So he gave them their first playoff win in 26 seasons. So even though Baker Mayfield's time didn't work out as a Brown, giving them their first playoff win in 26 years really turned the corner for them. Baker threw 20-plus touchdowns in three or four seasons with the Browns. He's coming off a career low, 17 touchdowns this past year in 14 games, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. 3,010 passing yards, a 60.5% completion percentage, and a career-low 35.1 QBR, according to ESPN's total quarterback rating. Uh, He also had three fumbles lost. The former two-time AFC Offensive Player of the Week uh, will now be competing with Sam Donald. Also in that Panthers quarterback room is P.J. Walker and rookie Matt Corral. Matt Corral is a third-round pick uh, in this last draft. uh, In the 2022 NFL Draft, he was a third-round pick by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Sam Donald was acquired in April of 2021 from the New York Jets uh, for a fourth-round pick and a second-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, and then also a sixth-round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Um, so he ended up going uh, from being the starter in New York to being traded since the New York Jets wanted to move on and draft Zach Wilson. He ends up becoming a starter in Carolina, and now will be competing again for the starting job now with Baker Mayfield. In uh, 11 starts this year with the Panthers, he was 4-7. He was placed on the IR in November with a shoulder injury. Um, So in those 11 games he played, he had 2,527 passing yards, 9 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, 4 fumbles lost, and a 59.9% completion percentage. In his four seasons in the NFL, he has never played more than 13 games in a single season. He's missed at least three games of every season of his four-year career, uh, and he has a career total of 54 touchdowns and 52 interceptions and a 59.8% completion percentage. Uh, supposedly, according to reports, Sam Donald had a great spring camp, uh, so the quarterback competition between the two quarterbacks, uh, taken in the top two quarterbacks taken in the 2018 draft, uh, and the two of the three top picks of that same draft, uh, will be a fun training camp battle to watch. Um, side by side, neither player has ever made a Pro Bowl. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 27 years old. Has a career 61.6% completion percentage, 92 touchdowns to 56 interceptions. Has five rushing touchdowns, an 87.8 rating. Uh, has been sacked 134 times in 60 games and has 27 fumbles with 12 of those being lost. Sam Donald, on the youngest side, only 25 years old, just turned it recently. Uh, he has a 59.8% uh, career completion percentage, 54 touchdowns to 52 interceptions, 10 rushing touchdowns, a 76.9 rating. Uh was sacked 133 times in 50 career games, so just one less sack in 10 less career games than Baker Mayfield, so he's had a lot more pressure coming at him. Uh, 29 fumbles with 11 of those being lost. Uh, it'll be a very interesting battle to watch. I'm very excited to see um, who ends up winning that. Uh, if it was my decision, I think obviously Sam Donald hasn't had better numbers in his career, but I think he might be the better quarterback if he had a better situation around him. So if I had to pick, if it was my decision. I think I'd go with Sam Donald, but both of those guys – being you know, two of the top quarterbacks taken in the 2018 draft and then also being two of the top three picks taken in the draft and now battling it out in training camp. That's going to be so exciting to watch. So either way, no matter who wins it, uh, it's going to be a storyline. It's something to follow all of July and August, which uh, will be very interesting. I'm very excited to see uh, who ends up winning that. Uh, but anyways, that concludes my episode. I'm going to be back again hopefully tomorrow to break down the other half of my NBA free agency frenzy. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great rest of your night, Uh, and I'm looking forward to being back on here again tomorrow to talk more about the NBA free agency frenzy. I have another half um, to talk about of other players signing and who went where, Um, and I'll also talk about who's still left in the free agency market. Uh, Then I'll also talk about Chris Sale. Um, He has a rehab uh, start tonight with the Worcester Red Sox, uh, which is really exciting. And Then I'll also talk about Brian Bayo's MLB debut. Hopefully it would be a good one. Anyways, thank you guys so much for taking time to listen to this. I really appreciate it, as always. Uh, It means a lot to me. Uh, I truly couldn't thank you enough for your support. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. hope you guys have a great rest of your night. I'll see you guys again soon. Thank you.